welcome. This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. Pam Muller, welcome to the Talking Joy podcast. Um, Pam is a spiritual director who specializes in dreams. She facilitates dream gatherings and gives lectures on dream work. She uh, is using her expertise from more than a decade of dream work. And through her training and her intuition, she unpacks your dreams and gives you many new ways to explore this meaning in your life. And Pam, one of the reasons I invited you to join me today was that I did a six-week dream work course through SDI, which is Spiritual Directors International. And when that came across my desk, I was joking with a friend and I said, you know, I've always been curious about this. I should sign up for this class. She was like, do it. And then you can tell me everything (laughs) you've learned. And it really, you know, opened my mind up to this whole new way that God or spirit or the divine connects and communicates with us. And this whole idea of your conscious mind during the day, and then your subconscious mind when you're sleeping. And we can talk about that a little bit. I feel like dreams before kind of would stick with you for the day and you would think about it from time to time and be like, oh, that was so odd or odd enough that, you know, my daughter has funny dreams a lot and she'll tell us her dreams and we'll all be rolling our eyes because they go on forever. (laughs) And so what do you do with all of that? And wow, isn't that pretty cool that there's this, there's meaning to it that most of us walking around every day, I think, don't understand. Um, so that's why you're here. We met uh, when I was taking that course. You were one of the experts that sat in with a small breakout group that I was in. Uh, you know, we connected. I reached out to you. And so I'm so glad that you're here. So I just wanted to read this one quote that uh, that I think explains or, or talks to, uh, to my curiosity around uh, this good work. It says... Uh, Woke up with a dream on my tongue and in my guts and trailing me around the house. In my reflection, I saw a twinkling. We are born dreaming. Before words, we held dreams in our fists. Before the world's delusions and heartache, we were bundles believing our wildest dreams. In the darkest nights, we wrap ourselves in the immensity of our dreams. And so it seems a return to our truest self is a return to dreaming. And that's by uh, Adrian Oliver, and which maybe you've heard that quote before, but they gave that out when we, when I took that class. So uh, I thought that that re- just that walking around and that dream staying <laughs> following you around for the day. So welcome. Welcome. So glad to have you here. Oh my gosh, Pam, thank you so much. I mean, that invitation, that poem, that I guess it's a poem, the quote, is so rich and full of mystery and full of intrigue. And that is the hook for me with dreams. That's where I started. I was like, these things can have meaning. Like these things can get me into depths of my own soul work. Like, I, you know, it's, um, it is now my life's mission to like, let people know like, Hey, there's an inner hidden self 
that you actually can talk to or that you can listen to and hear and play with in the land of dreams. So tell me, how how did you get into this work? Like, what was it for you that sparked the curiosity to explore it? Well, you know, at the time, years, uh, years and years now, <laughs> it's a and year, years and years ago, um, I was an elementary school teacher. I was not happy in the job. I, I was not meant to be a school teacher for life. And I was running into difficulty trying to start my family. So I had this like, mm, life was not good for me at the time. And in the beginning, dreams were a distraction of like, well, I could tell you this weird story instead of telling you the <laughs> the hard things about my life that are going on. Here's a weird thing that happened to me while I was sleeping. And just like what you were saying with your daughter, we would laugh about it. And then we would like Google it and look into dream dictionaries. And lo and behold, over time of doing that, um, it started to make sense time and time and time again. And this light bulb went off in my head where I was like, wait a minute, you're telling me there's truth in here in dreams. How come we aren't talking about this? Why are we not using this as a means of inner reflection. And I went on this pilgrimage, this like seeker's journey to find who is teaching about this, who is telling people, because I want to know more because what happened, this is a uh, little bit longer than I think you were asking for, but what happened for me is I started to learn that I could trust an aspect of myself. My dreams were telling me a version of my truths that I didn't wasn't owning into or really talking about during waking life. And so for me, that was infertility. So it was really too hard to address infertility head on during the day. But I could take this bizarre story that was seemingly unrelated, this dream that I had, and I could talk about that with curiosity and then eventually linked it to like, oh, those for example, I, I had this dream where there was this deep pool in the middle of the woods with baby seahorses in it. And that's an image I can sink into and get really curious about and get really descriptive about. Well, lo and behold, I was talking about embryos and the idea of, you know, infertility and fertility and what all of that means. And so my dreams were this entryway to talk about something deep and meaningful and hard for me. Yeah. And so and after that, I was like, that. I'm hooked. And just what you said right there is what most people, I think, including myself, don't know about dream work is that this bizarre sort of shadowy <laughs> dream, you know, I thought of shadows because a lot of the dreams that people share are kind of bizarre and shadowy are mm -hmm. your subconscious mind trying to process what you're going through during yeah. the daytime and it has messages and and in, yeah. it just is fascinating to me just sort of that just like what you're describing it just kind of blew my mind that there's mm -hmm. this whole other layer to my spirituality that I was not tapping into mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so so um this is why that's the part that I'm a little bit addicted to is watching that light bulb go off for people because I know what it felt like for me when that light bulb went off of like oh my god they're telling me something and I have them every night and I, you know, I can access them whenever. So our dreams contextualize our emotions that we aren't finished experiencing. 
And so the, the kind of the good thing about them is we've been having them our whole lives and they've been a trustworthy companion our whole lives. They've been processing that stuff for us, with us, alongside us. And so if you are now able to also reflect on a dream that you remember, then you can fast forward that healing of fully integrating that, whatever that, oftentimes it is, it is that dark emotional experience, integrating that life experience into like normalizing it for you and learning from it and fully digesting it. Yeah. And I should also mention that you uh, work with people one-on-one. Yeah, I do. Right. People process this because, you know, this all sounds great, but wow, how do I even get started? And to be able to talk to someone, a trusted person like yourself that's trained in this area um, Mm. would be helpful to have you unpack it because it might be a little scary. Um, Yeah, I work at the intersection of dream interpretation and spiritual direction. So like you, I'm a trained spiritual director, but I mostly do my work through the lens of helping people learn how to take a dream and let that take them deeper. So I do have one-on-one dream interpretation sessions and I have one-on-one spiritual direction sessions. And for me, it's same, same, because the language of the dreaming mind is the language of symbolism and metaphor and parables, which is the same language of spirit in the holy books in the all of the religions around the world. It's that pre-verbal image-based language of metaphor symbolism. And so, um, so I do work really hard to churn out content either on Instagram and TikTok or through my website or my newsletter that is like basic steps. Like here's something you can do that's really easy to see if you can make some meaning from a dream, right? Um, And for your listeners, the starting point for me is always the emotions. Tell me what you were feeling inside the dream and then see if you can pick up that same fingerprint of emotion, that exact same feeling in waking life recently. And that might get you started. How do you remember your dreams? So I woke up, I'll just use myself for an example. I woke up at four o'clock this morning. I had a little, you know, water on my night table. I had something to drink. I thought, oh, you know, I really don't want to get up for another two hours. And I thought, oh, when I usually fall back asleep like this, it's hard and the dreams are just really vibrant. But then oftentimes we get up, we start our day, we're we're off to work to get kids to school or whatever we're doing, and we forget them. And then we think, oh, I remember I had that dream and, and it just escapes us. I, why is that, number one? And number two, what are your suggestions for people to remember them so that they can then do the pack of being curious about them and yeah. to find out their, their hidden meaning. Yeah, no, it's a great, that's a great question. And that's where people start when they find out that I do dream work. They're like, oh, I don't remember mine, you know, too bad. Um, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> hang on. There's things we can do. Um, the first thing I'll say about dream work is that the dreams don't have an expiration date on their ability to be useful and helpful for us. So you can work any of the dream interpretation techniques on an old dream and it will still have some meaning for you in there. So you don't have to use your most recent dreams. So that's kind of the first suggestion is, well, let's tell me about an old dream that you have had. And sometimes just 
getting curious and like thinking about your dreams during the day will trigger better dream recall because you're focused on it, right? So dreams sometimes also help us with what we're learning about. So if you dive into learning about dreams, that can trigger dream recall. The next thing that can trigger better dream recall is to have pen and paper by your bed. And this is going to talk, let me talk for a minute because I want to answer the question of why we don't remember them. We have a habit of waking up and focusing on the external world. As soon as we wake up, we have things to do. We're well rested. And so we get about our day as soon as we wake up. So if you put pen and paper by your bed, planning to write your dreams the next morning, it will give you pause and remind you to reflect inward first. So that's a really good tip. And that's kind of the first the um, thing that that I would offer for people if they want to start remembering their dreams is, you know, put a little intentionality into how you're going to wake up in the morning um, to try to start taking that course for me made me more aware. It sort of woke up that side of, of, of me. So um, just that awareness, I think in that first step that you named just thinking, Oh, well, if I have a dream, let me, let me pause for a second before I get out of bed. And, and consider it. And then the next step would be having some sort of a journal or a notebook on your night table to sort of jot it down. Um, something yeah. else that you said too, that I caught Pam, you said um, that somebody could bring an old dream. And I want to talk about that too, because an old dream would maybe to my mind went to pattern because there I've had like a reoccurring dream for years. Um, not the same dream, but it's always sort of the same scenario um, yeah. So when people recall an old dream, is it is it typically a pattern, like a, something that they think, oh, I always have this dream of like the ceiling coming in or something like that? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty common recurring dreams. And so, yeah, that might be the first thing that comes to mind for people, but it, w- it wouldn't be for everybody. Um, for some people, it might be the most haunting dream and they've never been able to let it go. You know, what is true, I think, is that our dream symbols repeat way more than we notice. So if they bring up a dream that is not necessarily a recurring dream and they start to pay attention, they might start to see some repeating symbolism in there that they didn't notice before because they weren't bothering to look at the details. Um, But recurring dreams specifically, because that's also a really common question I want to speak to for a second with a recurring dream. It's like a, a habit that your dreaming mind has picked up. And that habit gets triggered every time you have a specific set of emotions during waking life. So you can try to track it to see what is triggering that recurring dream scenario by asking the question, when was the first time I remember having that dream? And sometimes people will, without having thought about it previously, automatically be able to kind of estimate. And then we can ask the question, what was happening in your life during that time? And they might be able to make a a connection. So recurring dreams is a really common way for you to track this specific set of emotions. So what, why is it important to do this work? Like what you talked about an aha moment, you enjoy seeing people have an aha moment. Tell me what that is. Mm. It's, it's okay. It's the deep spiritual piece for me. Um, some people come to me for dream interpretation just because they're curious and they're not on a spiritual path at all. And what I have discovered is 
people drop their persona when they tell a dream. I don't care the who you are, from what walk of life, from what age range you come. When you sit to tell a dream, everybody drops into this like, okay, I had this dream. You're not going to believe it. And we get real right away. And what I have um, come to understand with the Hayden Institute, which is the institute where I trained and that hosted this class that you took, um, teaches is that people are bringing out this vulnerable piece of their psyche that they haven't really explored yet. And so what I'm getting an opportunity to do and what's really important, the reason I've trained as a professional for the last 15 some odd years is because my job is to hold a safe container so that whatever they discover in that packet of a dream, whatever deep truths they discover, that resonant aha is safe. And I'm not going to go in and mess with it, but I'm going to allow them to discover it, say the true thing that's really hard that's inside this dream packet. And then we're going to just let that deep truth take up space with us in the room. And that's, mm -hmm. that's my only job. Your dreams are, are helping you move towards emotional and spiritual well-being. So when you explore a dream, that's where we're headed. And, and I just get to sit and hold space for that. Well, that's, that's going back to having a spiritual director who's trained in this to hold that lovingly hold that space in, in safely, mm -hmm. because that can be, you know, a little scary for people to, to, especially if you were saying they're not, they, they are, we're all on a spiritual path, but some of us aren't awake to it. Yeah. And, uh, and so for somebody to come to you who says, oh, I'm not spiritual, but I want to talk about my dreams. And then you, Pam, are holding this place where people can do that in a lovingly kind right. uh, way. Um, right. And, uh, well, and and that aha moment really to me, like that's where transformation happens. That aha moment for me as a spiritual director is when somebody sees something with clarity for the very first time. And everything changes from there. Even you talking about uh, being a teacher, you know, people can't see you, but your body language showed me that you didn't want to be a teacher. I could see it. You <laughs> sat back a little in your seat. And then when you're talking about this dream work, you're sitting forward, you're, you know, you're, you're engaged and there's this life-giving force. And, you know, just a reminder for all of us to follow your passion and and, uh, and you clearly you have, I can, I can feel the, the energy behind that. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, the other thing too, that is really juicy and delicious right now in this conversation is that, you know, our jobs, you and I are trained spiritual directors so that people can get deep into their stuff and dig it out and hold it and see themselves braving their own stories. But we also, as human beings in the world who are social, we do this for each other in our circles of loving companions, in our friends, in our parents, with our kids. You know, my son shares a dream with me and just listening to his dream and sharing in the weirdness of it and laughing with him about it, that's for him release. That is for him an opportunity to get a little curious. Yeah, thanks you know, for saying so, that because we yeah. laugh at my daughter now because they're so long. We're all, <laughs> but but I could be using some of my spiritual direction skills uh, the next time. Uh, <laughs> what a reminder! And can you just 
tell me, uh, what is your definition of spiritual direction for people who are listening? What is a Mm. spiritual director? Mm, That's such a great question. Um, Let's see. This is my image. Don't you love when people ask you this at a cocktail party? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, which direction are we going in today? I always Uh, size the person up intuitively and then I decide what I'm going to say. But anyway, (laughs) we got to meet people where they are, right? Exactly. So here's the image that always comes up for me with spiritual direction. Somebody who is who would benefit from being on the path or being in session with a spiritual director, which I I am, is somebody who in some aspect of their journey has has lost either has lost their light, like the lamp has gone out or it's dim or like they can't quite see in the darkness. Um or they're not sure that the light's going to hold if they go to that place. And my job as a spiritual director is to hold light and watch them and let them lead us in the path. Like wherever we're going in the darkness, I'm going to hold a light so we can both see. And we're going to point things out to each other together. And but and they get to lead us on their journey because it's their pilgrimage, wherever they're headed, whatever their transformation or transition or whatever they're exploring inwardly. I'm going to hold a light until they feel that they can hold it on their, you know, on their own. And then so I'm a light bearer. I love that. But but I keep my own light. I just help people get back to theirs. I love that. That's such a great description. I I forget where I read it, but um, someone once said that if you go out into your yard at night with a flashlight and you shine it on something, you'll be like, oh, well, there's the chair, there's the swing set, there's, you know, but you can't see all of it at once. You sort of need that light to shine on it to see what's already there. And so I feel like a spiritual companion is somebody who helps you. you know, see what's already there or to highlight things. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's a privilege. Yeah. It's a privilege. And the only reason I put you on the spot like that is because for anybody listening, we're talking a lot about spiritual companioning or spiritual direction. Um, people have different words for it. I like to use spiritual direction because I feel like the word that just needs to be out there and we don't need to change it. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and, a, and it's, it's a professional field. So for me, you know, um, I was a dream worker first, and then I found my way to the spiritual direction field as a profession because it suited exactly what I was doing. Um, and it was the training I needed to be able to, uh, be a safe l- a container, right? The, uh, a safe listener. It when complimented, I was complimented the dream work. It sounds right, like beautifully. Right, beautifully. When I was working with dreams, there came a point in it where in the beginning, I was entertained by it. I was like, oh, look at this. And I'm highly intuitive. And so I didn't quite understand the vulnerable psyche piece, but I was interested and invested and I was digging around because I wanted to learn the craft. And there came a time when someone shared a dream with me at a kitchen party where we were just like, people would be like, oh, Pam does dream work. And then it was like, you know, um, the talk of the party. So this person shared a dream with me and instantly I understood the depth of what he was sharing. And I also understood he didn't know that that's what he was sharing. And so that, that was the moment for me where I went, oh, I need some more training because this is deep, vulnerable stuff. 
And I need to make sure that I'm not going to violate that privilege for, for these people because, um, because it was, because at that point I had reached the intuitive point of understanding that I could trust my intuitions about dream work. I could trust that I understand the dreaming mind and I could really walk people through, but they weren't really asking for that at a kitchen party. (laughs) Exactly. He didn't even know it, Um, but great catch on your part. You know, what a, what a great catch for you to, to realize in that moment, you know, it was almost like a test or a lesson that, that was sent (laughs) for you to catch, to say, whoa, this work is serious and, and delicate and it needs to be in. And that's what spiritual directors do. You know, you meet with someone one-on-one um, you know, it's holy listening. The person is mirroring back what they hear you saying, and you need to be in a place where I do a lot of it over zoom now, but you know, I wear earbuds, I'm in a closed room. It's, it's confidential, it's quiet. And so what I'm hearing mm-hmm. is that that it wasn't the conversation to have at the kitchen. Right. Yeah. right. That was the second light bulb that went off where I was like, Oh, if I'm going to continue to do this, I need some real training and skill set to make sure that I'm safe. And now, now I am perfectly comfortable, you know, talking about it and meeting people wherever they are as far as what they're ready to hear about dream work. So the podcast, I do a podcast called The Hidden Meaning of Dreams, and it's just these examples, right? So someone, my um, partner and producer will share a dream snippet and I'll step into it and say, okay, this is where I would go. This is the symbolism that this dream would bring up for me so that people can, you know, because what you experienced in your six week course, you, how do you like tell people what they're headed into when they're, when they're talking about dream work? It's so experiential. You just don't know it until you hear how deep it works or hear how the symbolism works. And so, um, yeah. So and I anyway, just would add that I am not an expert because I took a six week course. I was just a curious seeker who I'm just fascinated by all different practices and I like to explore them and share yeah. what I've learned. But yeah, exactly. I, I uh, definitely took the course, but I don't certainly don't feel equipped to companion people in that capacity. Well, but it, you mean, point. but the same thing is true. Yeah. You're yes. Accurate. But also, and also, um, we can meet people for coffee and talk about their dreams and laugh and be curious together and Google what our dream means. Like there's a, you know, the, the world of dreams is a safe place to play and people just don't know that that's true. It seems really scary when you don't, when, when you have no experience with it. Mm -hmm. So I would just encourage people to still continue, like tell your dream stories, get curious, write them down, have a dream buddy. Y'all talk about it back and forth. You know, you're not going to mess anything up, like go and play. But, but if you also know that there's some potential deep truths for you in there, well, then the play gets more, um, you know, it's like a muscle. You're just warming up that muscle of curiosity, of spiritual curiosity, if that's your thing, or just what is my psyche telling me? What is my unconscious telling me? The psychological side of it is equally as helpful. And I love that because I don't think we talk about our dreams enough. Like I can't remember the last time someone outside of my family said to me, I had a crazy dream last night. It's not something that we talk about. Maybe there's a little taboo around it. 
Um, one of the books that that I was reading during taking this course was uh, Dreams, God's Forgotten Language by mm-hmm. John Sanford. Have you read that book? Mm-hmm. A long um, time ago. Yeah. yeah, it's very it's uh, religious heavy because he was a minister. So if that's not what you're looking for, um, uh, he he ties it in a lot to like biblical relations of how so many things in history and the Bible came to be through dreams that people mm-hmm. had dreams. And, uh, but anyway, I, the, the title of it alone caught my attention because it's, he calls it God's forgotten language. And maybe, you know, I'm, we're alluding to that a little bit about we, it's taboo. We don't really talk about our dreams with, with our friends over coffee and maybe we should, maybe this conversation today is an invitation to do that, to not be afraid to, you know, usually because the dreams are so bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. We don't. And, and I think because, um, the, on the surface level, like, you know, it's not necessarily dinner party talk, right. Because it's really, um, self dreams are self-centered. And the thing that I always say is that your dreams are from you to you and for you. So you're really developing when you when you explore your dreams, you're developing a relationship with yourself of like, why would my dreaming? Why would I experience that at night? You know, but if you have a friend, a trusted friend, you guys can swap dreams back and forth and help each other reflect on, you know, what might that be saying about your, you know, the other the other reason that dreams can be taboo is because we experience known people in our lives in our dreams in possibly scary compromising weird situations yes so that's why it becomes a scary thing like I don't want to tell that I had a dream about my boss like who do I share that with you know who's the safe partner in this case you know (laughs) so well what I'm hearing which I love is an invitation for people to have uh a dream buddy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We all need the dream friend. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you about like years ago, I had a dream. uh, I was very close to both of my grandparents. Um, One set of grandparents came in my dream and they were so vibrant and so beautiful and like light all around them. And my grandmother was saying to my grandfather, look, look, there's Pammy, there's Pammy, because they used to call me Pammy. And I literally woke up like almost bawling because they they visited me. Like Mm -hmm. I really felt like they came and saw me. And it was, it was, you know, I feel choked up even just sharing that. Um, And I didn't plan on sharing that. That's so beautiful. It just kind of came to me. But what do you, what do you say about that when we dream about people who have passed or, um, I had a dream about oh, we lost a dog a year ago and he was in my dream, I think the night before last and I was playing with him and he, oh, he was old, he had bad breath. And I, I, in my dream, I was sort of bracing for the bad breath, but he didn't have it. <laughs> you Aww, know, I think he was better. Awesome. He was all better. So anyway, if you could. Yeah, talk no, for sure. Absolutely. So, so usually what people want to hear when we talk about dreaming of loved ones who have passed is um is it real or is it not real? like was it a visitation or was it just my mind throwing memories back up right and i go back to the truth which is that your dreams are from you to you and for you <clears throat> so ultimately you the dreamer get to decide that was a visitation or 
I think that was just memories from childhood, or oh, I think I just I, needed I think it was a visitation. Or, like they came right. to see me and they came yeah. from really far away. It felt like, and they were so surprised and happy to see me. Like it was, it was That's very so beautiful. That's very so beautiful. Sweet. And, and this, that is what happens when you start sharing your dream. So if you get your dream buddy, you guys will get to share in those mystical encounters right? Because yeah, because our dreams have the capacity to, so here's the thing. You, you, when you go to sleep, your waking mind, which is the part of you that has structure and control and likes linear thinking and the rules of logic apply. That part of your mind goes to sleep and the creative part of your mind, the dreaming mind comes alive and and basically has center stage. So you, the ego, your ego is not in control. And so you can encounter parts of your unconscious that you've never encountered before, but you can also encounter the connection with source, whatever that is for you. And this is why dreams are good for spiritual direction because everybody gets to define it for themselves because it's their dream. So we in exploring our dreams, we're also exploring what it means that part of me inside of me is beyond my depth and my control <laughs> is outside of my ego. So I can encounter everything that is bigger than me, but it's being generated inside of me. And so I, that's the spiritual direction connection. That's the intersection for me. When people start to share their dreams, they eventually will say, I've never told anybody this, but. Well, how about the dream about my grandparents? I've never told anybody that before. (laughs) See, I have chills all over. What a sacred encounter for you. And you, in that moment, whatever time that was in your life, however many years ago or whatever that was, was a connection to, to our interconnectivity and our continuation right? That's, that's you experiencing a response to what, what is out there? Why are we here? Like that source. And it was through your personal memories with your grandparents and it was through their presence. And so, so now we're in the deep waters of dream work and spirituality, right? But, but it's from a real life experience that you had that is undeniable for you. Mm -hmm right? That's intimacy with the divine. Yeah. And that's what happens. It's the intimacy with the divine. Um, And you know, what I was thinking about too, when you were talking is that, you know, you and I are both spiritual practitioners. We, we we're engrossed, you know, in this work, we love it. It's, we're passionate about it. I go through my life trying to be awake, you know, throughout the day, I try to practice everything that I'm teaching you know, I have a, a, a dedicated prayer time every day in, mm-hmm. you know, when I get up in the morning and um, I rarely ever stray from that, I even stayed at a friend's house last week. And she's like, I'm going to give you your quiet time. Here's your coffee. She's like, you let me know when you're done, which I thought was so sweet that she, you know, I stayed at her house that she honored that a good friend. <laughs> I, she a good buddy. Um, the old one, the best ones. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering that often people in our world can be so busy and asleep to their lives during the day (laughs) 
that when they actually do go to sleep, that all of the stuff that they're sort of deflecting in their lives, you know, by being busy and by, by being in the future or living in the past or, you know, busy work that distracts them or, or addictions of, of any kind, mm. um, that then when we lay down on the pillow, um, and I also wanted to mention this too, are there, is there anybody that doesn't dream? Um, a, okay. There is a very small percentage and it's really based on, um, so babies tend to not dream actually, because they haven't developed the, the REM sleep process. Um, and people who have certain types of uh, sleep disorders or certain types of traumatic brain injuries. So it's the, it's that the particular regions of the brain that light up during dreams. So when that is suppressed for whatever reason, then, then you wouldn't experience the dream. But you would say that 90 plus percent of the people walking around on the earth, or I don't know what yes. the percentage would be, but it's big. <laughs> yes. Now some substances can repress the yes, dream state that. as well. So, you know, hand in hand with talking about dreams and dream recall is sleep hygiene right? How's your sleep? What are your, you know, what's your habits? What are your things? And so, um, yeah, so you have to kind of have a, a sense of a regular sleep pattern, right. In order to have dreams, although, well, I don't think I want to get that far into it, but sleep and dreams go hand in hand. Yeah. So having a good routine, going to bed at the same time, being healthy, all of those things, uh, mm -hmm. trying to get that seven, eight hours of sleep it all, you know, probably um, nurtures a better sleep yeah. experience. I mean, we've all heard that how important sleep is. And then there's those people that sleep on four hours. And so I guess what I was getting at saying that there's a lot of people are just racing around through their lives. And then mm -hmm. but we all hit the pillow at night, and 90 plus percent of us dream yeah. At some point. And I'm just curious about that piece of it is like, oh, well, then you can't stop it. You can't be too busy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The it truth is coming through. <laughs> the truth is coming through. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, it, you know, I've learned a lot over the years about, um, you know, the sleep cycle and, and when dreams occur and all of that stuff, you know, a lot of people will not dream at night, but then take a nap later that day. And suddenly they've had this really profound dream experience um, because when you are um, sleep deprived and specifically deprived of that deep sleep, then your body will make up for it when you take a nap. Like your body will skip to the part of the sleep cycle it needs. And oh. so it can drop you straight into the deep REM sleep or the sleep that is like no dream activity, just comatose. You know, when you wake up and you're like, I don't even know what day it is, you know, yeah, that's, you're all foggy and the deepest level of sleep. Yeah. So interestingly, you know, as you, as you um, go throughout your life and you have periods when you're not so healthy and you have periods when you're really healthy, um, your sleep cycle will adjust and get what it needs. So you're right. Like once you lay your head on the pillow, you're not in charge anymore. Exactly. Take over and do its stuff. Exactly. Can you talk a little bit uh, briefly about this conscious versus unconscious thoughts about like your conscious thoughts? Is that your ego? Do, do you know, when we're awake and then sort of when you're asleep, it's sort of that same idea that you don't, you're not in control um, as much and your unconscious thoughts are emerging. Can you talk to like, what's the difference between the two? All right. I got another image. This is my favorite image to use to explain 
sort of conscious waking mind and the unconscious dreaming state or the okay. dreaming mind is, um, you know, if you think about your life and you and all of your level of control, you are the captain on a boat. And so you can steer that boat and you can deal with things that come at you during the day, like weather patterns. You can meet up with other boats and repair your boat. And you can do all of that work from a conscious waking mind state. When you go to sleep, well, that's like diving under the boat. So anything on the surface of the water and above is waking mind. Anything under the surface is your dreaming mind. So you can um, come in contact with currents. And you can learn about the currents, undercurrents, and the way that they might be driving your boat or steering your boat from underneath. You can learn about the creatures that live under there. You can learn about all of, everything under the surface, but you can't live there. You have to come back up to the surface, right? So my goal with dreams is it's like taking samples down there and bringing them onto the boat with you and learning and digesting the information from on board the boat. So you operate in the waking world. Everything above the surface is ego. Everything I know and can control and interact with. I can't, I, I can scuba dive and I can get under the boat at night when I go to sleep and I can explore around there. And it is worth exploring because it's worth learning about what's driving you from underneath. But we just don't belong down there. So we don't become mermaids. <laughs> Because no, you can't get that, lost, this right? is such a great example. And I'm such a visual thinker. So I oh, was good. right, I was right there with you. So that's that's really helpful because that that just wraps it all up. That's why you're doing it. You're kind of scooping up, taking some samples from your dreams, applying it to your life. Um right. and, and what's the purpose of that? You know, what 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 do we gain by doing that? Yeah, you're living, you're living more in tune with all of your influences. I'm living more in tune by watching the undercurrents, right? And understanding what is what is a shifting pattern, like a behavior pattern that I'm unconscious or unaware of that's actually driving my boat, right? So by exploring my dreams, so it's almost like dreams are like a half a step ahead of you. So everything I think I know to be true, there's still more to learn. And my dreams are going to give me just the very next thing that I can learn to drive my boat more efficiently, to steer it the way I want it to go, and to notice and pick up on changing patterns before they surface. Yeah. 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 So Pam, if you were to look back at the time when you were a teacher and you knew that it wasn't the right path for you and you were kind of going through a tough time in your life, and then you... Fast forward to getting into dream work and becoming a spiritual director. How much has your life changed? Your quality of life changed? I your mean, relationships with people, your everyday life. What a beautiful question. Um, what has happened is I, I have become more of myself. I've become more of myself. So now I'll just use the way I have to do it is I have to say, well, these are the Pam words for it, <laughs> right? But I've become more confident that I have Pam words and they're valid. So when I was a teacher, I was living under everybody else's expectations because I didn't know how to 
uh, self-advocate. I didn't know that I knew what was true for me. I didn't trust any of that. So I was like, oh, we're supposed to do this. Oh, I'm supposed to do this. I'm working for retirement. Okay, okay. And I was trying to live externally entirely. And now it's flipped inside out. Now I'm living from first Pam truth. And then how do I choose to activate that out in the world? And that's that's spiritual growth. And that's why I asked you that question, because look at the difference that's what being curious about dream work, being curious about your spiritual life, being curious about your, you mentioned intuition. I, I just keep hearing that. See, my intuition, I hear things in my head and then I trust to ask them. And so I just wondered before we close, if you could tell me what does it mean? You mentioned the word intuition uh, mm. a bunch of times and that you you even say that um somebody on your web on your website said that Pam is incredibly gifted and intuitive so tell me what that means for you <laughs> yeah thank you um thank you for bringing that up so i'm just going to tell the true story the true story of that which is um i when i do dream work i am the most myself and as people share dreams with me um, and I'm imagining and stepping into the dream that they're sharing, things come out in bold and things um, just activate parts of my brain. And I just have to like, I, I get to stay curious in that place. And a few years ago, this show came on um, E! Entertainment Television, and it is the Hollywood medium, Tyler Henry, this like kid who was a medium and he had this medium show where he would interact with celebrities. I mean, I've seen it. Yeah. You've seen it. Oh, yes. I love that. Kid. Well, he, there was his mannerisms when he's doing a reading, I recognized them. Mm. I was like, the one who scribbles on the paper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I watched the way his eyes shifted. I watched the way he looked off to them. I was like, Oh, okay. I hear that. Okay. Oh, that's okay. Oh and my I gosh. Like, I do that too. I look off to the side and then I feel bad because I've left the person that's in front of me, but it's, it's my intuition. That's tuning in. When I saw him do that, I was like, that's what I have been doing. When I work with people's dreams, they're bringing me stuff and I'm just reading right into it. Um, so that's the true story of, of the intuition. So what I'm hearing, Pam, is that when you are doing a reading like that, or you're not a reading, but you're yeah. companioning someone um, with their dream is that you're connecting with sort of that God language that, mm. that we talked about, that, that you are, you know, they say with spiritual direction that it's not just the two of us, that they put three chairs out, right? One for... Yeah the Holy spirit or the, or the sacred or the divine and right. for one for you and one for me, and that we're never alone and tapping into that intuition um, is listening to that. Um, you know, I always do this with my hand. People can't see me, but mine, I feel like comes up the back of me into my head and then out through my mouth. And when I started to trust what I was hearing and just saying it, um, I realized like, oh, that's the, I, that question just seems crazy right now, but okay, God, if that's what you want me to ask. And that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. During session, I will sometimes get really tripped up because it things happen so fast. Like in my mind, instantaneously, I have three complete thoughts 
that all apply to three different parts of the dream. And instead of just saying it, I start to filter and go like, Pam, you don't know, remember, you're not the dreamer and they get to fall in it. And I, my dreamers will say, Pam, just say it. <laughs> like whatever you're choking back, please just say words, you know? So I'll just be like, okay, I'm just going to say all the words. And then you tell me what, what hits, mm-hmm. right. You know, yeah. and that's, um, then there lies the gift. Yeah. You have to unfilter in that space and trust your learning and trust your practice and your training. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, and that's really, really powerful work. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Well, listen, this has been so exciting. I could talk to you all day. I've loved getting to know you. Um, tell me how people can get in touch with you. Sure. My um, website is sweetgeorgiapam.com and uh, everything is there, but I also am all over Instagram and TikTok right now is okay. a, is the place where I play the most. Um, I have a YouTube channel, but all of that can be found through my website, sweetgeorgiapam.com. Perfect. Perfect. And let's put a plug in for the Hayden Institute. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and that's oh, where you went to school. That's who hosted the workshop that I did through Spiritual Directors International. And people can be curious and go on their website and, and check things out too. Definitely. What a great community of people. They. I walked into the Hayden Institute. Uh, my first uh, experience with them was like, oh, these are my people. <laughs> oh, I'm home here. You know, so it's a wonderful community. Great. Great. All right. Well, thank you again. Um, I've Wish all my listeners uh, sweet dreams and. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the invitation. This has been so fun. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. You guys, sweet dreams. Pay attention this week after you hear this episode because you might just have some good, you know, good dreams waiting for you. I'm Pam Rotelli Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at TalkingJoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.